Have you ever had a conversation with your children and you kind of didn't say what you really wanted to say? You said a part of it. And the reason you said a part of it is because you were concerned that if you said everything you thought, it might damage them in some way. There, there are moments you kind of just work it out. If you have an employee that works for you and you're trying to coach them to another place, uh, what they did may horrify you. It may affect business for a minute, but you see this person has value. So you kind of say, well, let's, let's work on that. Let's take a minute or two, talk it through, come up with a plan, and see if we can get there. Now, what's interesting, some of you have been on the plan. You've been, you've been the person who was the employee who kind of goofed up a little bit and messed up a client or messed up some money or messed up something, and they gave you another chance or two or three or four. In those moments, the words of Jesus become really real. And these are words he spoke to the disciples in John chapter 16, verse 12. He said these words, I still have, now this is at the end of the ministry, just after working for years with these guys, he said, I still have, come on, say, I still have, I still have many, things many things to say to you, to say to you. but you, but you cannot, bear them now. cannot bear them now. Those words are profound. There are many things. Parents try to say to their children, there are many things. The people who are friends of yours may look at you and say, I have some things I would love to say to you. But if I say what I really need to say or feel like you need to hear, you would not be able to hear it now. You would become offended. However, here's what he says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, as you walk with the Holy Spirit, he will guide you educate you, mature you, teach you all truth. Now that's an important transition because he says there will come a time when the Holy Spirit, as you walk with him, will guide you. Remember last time I said to you, you've got a decision to make if you want to change. You've got to say yes to the guidance of God in your life, the Holy Spirit in your life, or you can say no. Walking in the Spirit, that's what that means. You allow his influence in your life. Walking in the flesh, you say, no, I don't want to hear anything but what I want to hear. And so you decide. That's all about your heart and what you want for your life. Today's teaching uh, is the conclusion in a series called Courageous Conversations About Change. And specifically today, we ask this big question. Repeat it with me, please. Say, what can't God say to you? That is the question for today. That is the big question that I want you to think about. What is it that God can't say to you the same way you can name people that you know that you can't say what you really think you need to say? And, and I want you to just back up for a minute and, and just kind of flow back through this whole series. This whole series has been about how to get you ready to hear that difficult conversation, how to change. I told you in our review here, I said that you just can't talk all your life. You, you got to come to a point where you actually make a move. And some people spend all their life, I love to say this, on the runway, getting ready to take off, make the announcements. Well, I get a place, buckle up your seatbelts. We're about to take off now. And they go through the whole presentation. 
This is how you escape the plane in case something happens. They do the whole thing. And then they get you reared up, and then they back up the plane, and they drive all the way, and then they go to the runway. We're next in line to take off. <laughs> and then they, and then they never take off. Then we go back to the gate again, and we go through the whole exercise <laughs> over and over again. And what's sad is we just talk about it forever. But I've learned you can't just do that. You've got to come to a point where you are willing to research a new way to live your life. And that's what we talked about with Nicodemus. We said in John chapter 3, this is a guy who needed to hear something new. He needed a new word. He was a religious leader, and he came to Jesus by night, and he said, hey, Jesus, I, I want to know how you do what you do. And, and, and this is good because now he's researching. He's looking for something different. He's tired of being the guy on the runway, right? He wants to blast off. He sees Jesus flying high, taking off. He says, I want to do that. How do you do that? And Jesus gives him some simple advice. You've got to start over. You've got to be born again, John chapter 3, verse 3. You've got to be born again. But that, that's all about you being willing to start new. Sometimes when we've been one way all of our life, we don't want to change. This is how my family is, how we've been all of our life. And we don't, here's the next big word, believe that it's possible. So Jesus said it's really, it's really tied to your belief. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that those who believe in him would have the power to change, the power to be different. But they have to first believe. So if you don't believe, it's over. You find that out when you fall in love sometimes. You discover what this woman really believes or what this guy really believes because you live with them. People put on all kind of airs when you date them and they talk to you, but when you live with them, you know they don't believe in cleaning up. <laughs> Not really. Not with all that stuff on the floor. You don't believe in that. And, that, and that's important to, to really identify what, what is your belief system. You don't believe in saving money because you never have any. Come on, give me a break. When you get money, you spend it. You believe in spending. You believe in the mall. That's what you believe in. And there's nothing wrong with the mall. I like the mall. But I'm just saying, I think there's a value. that There are values that I've developed over the years. But I had to start over. I had to start over. And what really motivated me to research it was exposure. The more I was exposed to, the more I desired change. Right now in my life, I feel a, dri a drive to change and improve me. I believe that being the best is not the goal for me. No, never want to be the best. I want to be better. Always better, always better, always better. When you get to the best, I'm the best. You're at the peak of the game. You're about to fall off. It's when I'm getting better and better and better and better. And I hope at 60 I'm better than I was at 50 and 40 and 30. I want to be better at 70. That's the goal. Not the best. I don't care about being the best pastor in town or the best church or anything. That's not. Ah, no, never. Stop. Forget about all that. You'll never be the best. As long as you're getting better. Can I say, can you say amen? Come on, amen. I want to be better. I'm going to be a better husband, better father, granddad, granddaddy dude. I want to be a better, better at it. And some of you need to focus on that. And that's what exposure does. It makes you see you're not the best. And then you have to make a big decision. Do I want to, do I want to sacrifice what it takes to be better? Do I, I, say, I say I want to change. I've been exposed to something I like, but do I want to, want to pay that price? And that's all about a decision I make. I make the decision. Nobody makes it for me. It's one thing that God gave you will, <laughs> but you've got to face the truth about where your will is, and that's hard. 
facing the truth. We talked about that last week. The truth about you. Are you walking in the spirit of the flesh, doing what you want to do? Now, it's easy to see. Look at your time. Look at how you spend your money. Look at what you do when no one's around. The compromises you make. You could not love God that much because you don't listen to him that often. And he said these words. If you love me, you keep my commandments. You cannot love me. You love that man, that woman. You love your girlfriend more than you love God. You love sexual intimacy more than you love God. Yes, you do. Just say it. Not out loud today, but just say it. <laughs> Tell the truth. I mean, if you look at your actions, you love drugs more. Being high, you love fun. You love adventure more than God, for sure. And so if you look at those things and you get really honest, back up the train. No, don't get lost on me now. You say that about people. If you love me, why, why ain't you call it? Isn't that what you say? Well, God can say that. If you love me, how come I don't get into your time? Give me an hour and a half a week and that's it. Maybe that's what they should give you. Hour and a half a week. And then half the time you wonder when it's going to be over. If you're not careful. There's something about being honest about that. That's the truth. Facing the truth. But all this requires something that we're going to focus on today. Maturity. If you listen to what Jesus said, there were three things that Jesus said that were important. Three reasons Jesus could not speak to the disciples. Three profound reasons that he could not help them hear this message they needed. Number one, they could not bear what he had to say. He knew you can't, you can't handle this. If I, if I tell you this, you will have an issue. Secondly, he says, you know, it's just not the season. You're not seasonally ready. You're not seasonally ready. And thirdly, you need more training. For you to be able to handle what I want to tell you, you need more training, which brings me up to three issues. There was a tolerance issue. Tolerance. You can't tolerate it, what I would say. Number two, you, there's a timing issue. It's going to take another five years, ten years, two years, however long. You, you, you're too controlled by fear. You're too con you won't confront things. You let things go. It's just, there's no way that I can say to you what I need to say to you in this season of your life. Go back. You can, you can think about this. Yes, you can. You, you can remember the seasons you couldn't hear certain things. You certain times you couldn't. You, you're so high on being in high school, 16. You're so high on driving for the first time. You're so high on certain opportunities, traveling. You're so high on the military. You're going out. You're traveling the world. You're leaving home. Got your uniform on for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let everybody know who you are. Come on, say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. amen. There's something about that. And being clear about it. It's amazing. Sometimes you think you know things. And sometimes you're wrong. You are. You're wrong. You're wrong about it. You don't, you don't even know you're wrong. You don't even, you don't even know. Um, how can I even say this? I've dealt with people, and I thought I knew. I thought I understood. 
but I was wrong. I was not mature enough. I had a maturity issue and didn't know it. It was me, not them. Some of you, it's not until your marriage is over and you look back that you understand you couldn't tolerate the truth. It was you. It was you that could not be spoken to, and it was you that had an issue. Jesus looks at the disciples and says, guys, I know you're sincere, <laughs> but you, you're, you're just not ready. So how much more time did they need? Well, the question is, how much more time do you need? How much more time? I mean, let's say he's giving you sermons, Bible stuff. He's got all, he built all this for you, um, put all this together to talk to you. You know that, right? All this is about talking to you. This whole thing is all about you. Uh, called me out of my life. Um, been doing this for 60% of my life. It's all about you and me um, being here because God wants me to say this. So it's, it's, it's all for you. The millions of dollars, all this is for you. So how much more does he need to spend? How many more? Parents, you get this, right? How much more? You fed them, housed them, clothed them. Okay, so paid for school. So how much more 16-year-old person do they need to do, 18-year-old person? How much more do they need to spend to get you to go to work, school and do your work and not act out in class? How much, more, how much more needs to be invested? How much more? See, there's a point where you look at somebody and you say to yourself, wow, mm, it's been a long time. But Jesus is patient. I love this. He's patient, and he just tells them, guys, just keep going. Eventually, you'll get there. So I thought it'd be fun for me to talk about three things in my life that I couldn't tolerate, three things that I had trouble with. And, and I'm not, you know, any better than you. I mean, I, I had issues and have to work through issues in my life. But there were three issues that were hard for me to bear. I couldn't hear them. Number one. I could not hear my life calling and purpose. I did not have any clue that I would do what I do today. Never in my life, I could not, God, God could never say to me, you're going to be a pastor of a church in Savannah, Georgia. I would have howled and laughed. You've got to be kidding me. That is absolutely not my life dream. I have no, I mean, when I say zero desire, it was zero. And we're talking about, I was in my, if you ask me as a junior, this is true, in college, studying theology. I was studying theology as a junior. I love God. I, you know, I used to travel and speak. That was fine. But if you told me, you're going to move back to Savannah, Georgia, you're going to be a pastor of a church, I would have laughed at you. Are you kidding me? You know, and you're going to get married in your early 20s. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. If you, if you told me about marriage, here's my, my common line. Ask me the question. Say, when are you going to get married? How do you spell that? That's my standard answer. I said, I, I just have trouble spelling that word. I don't know. How do you spell it? It's an M in there, I think. In, uh, does that mean mean or what? Or what does that mean? Money. Yeah, stands for money. Oh, I had an answer for you, but it wasn't a good one. I had no concept. My mom never married. I had no concept of a happy marriage kind of thing. I did, just didn't. I didn't, know, I didn't want to be single all of my life, but I thought if you asked my pastoring, I would have said that's for old people in their 30s. That's what I would have told you. Really, that, that was how I thought. A junior in college studying theology. I love God, I love the Bible, but I had no sense of purpose like this. Well, how did God get you here? He tricked me. <laughs> he has to do that sometimes. He does. <laughs> Say, well, you want another quick story real quick? So, so I graduated from college, right? And so when I graduate, 
from college. I know I want to do some kind of ministry, right? But I don't want to pastor. That's out. Forget that. And so I said, well, I'll evangelize maybe because I was doing that and I'd done a lot of that. And I, all through college, I would preach and travel through the summer. It was great. So I thought that was a cool, cool. I'll do that. But I, and so I, 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 I might even want to work at a church, maybe like that much want to work at a church, like on a staff person. I never th- thought about that seriously either. But I love God. I love the Bible. That's the good part, right? So when I graduated, they had these meetings. They said, okay, well, when you, we want you to go talk to these people in these different regions. And by that time, I married Diana, my senior year in college, so we got married. And so she, you go to these different regions of the country. And I said, well, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll go talk to the people, but I want to talk to people in California. I don't want to talk to anybody in, like, anywhere else. And Diana said, no, no, won't you just talk to the people in the South first? I thought, well, Diane, I'm not living in the South. She says, it's not going to hurt you. <laughs> so she lobbies me. Really, she does. She says, won't you talk to them? So I go, and I talk to one Southern person. His name was Glenn Burris Sr. He was a district supervisor in this area. And he says, hey, uh, Ricky. And he just painted this picture. He told me it was glorious, and angels would start singing, <laughs> and music was playing, you know, and Diane was singing with the angels, <laughs> and she said, that sounds really good, but you know when, you're, happy, when you get, you're high on happy, you know, you heard that high on happy, you don't think all the way through, so I was high on happy, and um, you know, just graduating, you know, theological dude, know the Bible real well, bam, bam, so, <laughs> so he says, won't you come to this, this, now listen slow, listen carefully, won't you come to the Southeast District, and uh, you can be uh, working our camp, and you can touch thousands, hundreds of kids, and uh, you can work in the food store, uh, you, you can meet people at the snack shack, and you can, you can, you know, preach and teach, and, and then you put you in a church, you'll be an assistant pastor in a church on staff, right? We'll pay your utility for six months, you know, so all this stuff is going, so I'm, all I'm hearing is you're going to pay, you're going to help, you're going to do. I missed a lot of that. I missed snack shack. I didn't know what the snack shack was. I found out when I got to camp, that was selling candy. I didn't know that. I missed that. That went over my head. I wait a minute, snack shack. I'm going to meet everybody at the snack shack. Yeah, because I'm saying, you want two bars or three? What you want? <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. That was a trick. You understand what I'm saying? I was trapped in this thing, right? And then they told me I was going to a church, right? You ready? Okay, put, okay, okay, hang in there. I was going to this church, and I was going to be like the assistant pastor. That's a big title, assistant pastor. Woo, I'm the next to the pastor guy, right? So I said, okay, I can be assistant pastor in Charlotte, North Carolina, okay? It's cold. I didn't know that either. But anyway, so I'm going to go. <laughs> So after the camp for four weeks with these kids, you know, and, and then outside bathrooms, they didn't tell me about that either. That was outside. You had to communal. Yes, it was like a room with face in the woods. Something can come out the woods and get you. And then you go to the communal bathroom with all the people. Hey, how are you? Good to see you in the bathroom. <laughs> it was outside. I was, what are we doing? It was amazing. Camp Courtney, somebody took our kids there to help them suffer with me years later. But I remember... So I remember, you know, you know when, when we, we left there, we went to the church, and, and they, they didn't tell me it was just 80 people. And they didn't tell me that the salary. So you got to negotiate the salary when you go places. You got to know what the money is, right? Ask what the money's going to be. Now, I understand. We love everybody. How many of you want to know my salary from the church? If you don't want to know, I won't tell you. You have to tell me. You want to know what I made? Raise your hand. Put your hands up. Some of you say, no, you don't want to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway because this is going to help you. It was $200 a month. Talk to somebody now. 
that's it. Call to the ministry. Fan, Bible man. Some of you, look at you. I saw you, woman of God. You went, ooh. <laughs> but they paid my utilities. They paid my, you know. But the, the, here's another part I forgot. Six months. I didn't hear the six months. Did you hear how many you heard when I said it first? You heard the six months? I didn't say I said it real fast. Six months. I said six months. And I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. You don't mean that. You don't mean six months like six months for real, like one, two, three, four, five, six. You mean six months plus extensions, right? No, that four months into this thing. And then, you know, so I'm in the ministry full time. Praise God. I'm ready to go for God. I'm ready to go for God. So I'm, you know, so then that one, they didn't say nothing about cutting the grass either. That was part of it. I didn't know that either. They, that, was, that wasn't mentioned that the pastor needed to, because you only got 80 people. Somebody got to cut the grass. So I asked, I'm not then ungraduated from college. I'm not cutting the grass. I thought, wow, this is. And then they gave me an office, but they didn't tell me it was a closet. I didn't know that either. It was where they cut the lights on in the church. People, you know what I'm saying? It was the closet. But they put a desk in there and it was my office. So all of this started changing. You understand? So some of you are laughing. So you said, uh huh. You want to be in the ministry, don't you? Uh huh. Here you go. Anyway, so. So I, so you said, thank God, God delivered me, right? So, so I, I, you know, after four months, the pastor, you know, he called. It was an office. We had office hours back there for that. Anyway, so he called. He said, hey, there's a phone call. The district's on the phone. I said, what they want? He said, they want to know if you found a building. See, I forgot that too. They, they said something about starting a church. I said, start a church? Like start one with nobody? Me? With me and Diane. Who's going to be there? So, so I, I didn't hear that either because I forgot to fill that in my story. But they said, we're going to go there, snack shack, start a church. I didn't hear to start a church either. I just heard, you know, ministry, ministering to hundreds of people and assistant pastor. And, and so anyway, uh, four months, they told me, well, it was, in, it was running out. What was running out? What was the support? You mean the six months? It's like, that's really six? You meant four, five, six for real? This is over? Like, okay, like, no, I'm in Charlotte, this cold place. I can't find my way around. Anybody been to Charlotte? Anybody from Charlotte? You from Charlotte? You know Charlotte? How many of you know Charlotte? Get around Charlotte. You can't find your way around that town. I'm telling you, all the streets run together. Am I right? They run together. They run one. It's long. I love Charlotte. I love people. Got good friends in Charlotte. But, man, I'm telling you, it was cold. Couldn't find my way. And then, and then all of a sudden, everything started happening. Uh, all of a sudden, something happened that was truly, totally, completely unexpected. Oh, Lord, how much time I got? Ricky shows up. Bam. <laughs> Nobody asked him to show up. Nobody asked Ricky to show up. Ricky, Ricky pops up. Bam. All of a sudden, and then listen to this now. You ready? And no insurance. Oh, wow. Painful. Went to the doctor. He told me what it cost. I said, you can keep him. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't afford for him to show up. What's he going to come here for? What? We... <laughs> Don't you know I'm trying to work for God? But this thing is the same. This ain't going good. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I got to get out of this story quick. Anyway, so the long story short, that's how you get on this. It's, I don't know, baby. They tricked me. They tricked me. To this. So, so anyway, so now I'm, I'm in Charlotte. And so it's five months, six months. They gave me one month extension. Thank God for that one month. And then I said, you know what? Sometimes when you're under pressure, that's when you make the best choices. Because my mama always told me to take care of myself. And I said, okay, listen, here's the deal. I'm at five months and counting, six months and on one month of grace. What will I do? Here's what I'm going to do. Shall I travel around the country and do these engagements with these uh, churches to give you $75 for speaking? Shall I do that? No, in Jesus' name. Because you know that's how some churches do. 
I went to one church one time. i never forget it. After I spoke, I was so, the guy said, oh, it was so good. Did you enjoy this young man? He was fabulous. He was fab- We're going to bless him today with a special offering. Now, anybody that want to give him something, come on up. About five people got up and gave. I thought, this is the devil. This ain't going to work either. <laughs> five people got up. Rest of you need to get up. The man said, if you enjoyed the message, what is this? <laughs> this can't be my full-time gig either. This is starvation land. So... I'm going to finish this message, I promise you. So anyway, the long story short is I've had, in that moment, I had to make a decision. Take charge of your life. Can you say it with me, please? Come on. Take charge of your life. And I began to pray about something. Because see, God, 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 what God did was he tricked me not to come back here with my mama. She came back here when I was 15, 16, went to couple, high school a couple of years. Because I never would have been, I never, I was born in L.A., born here, sorry, born here, raised in L.A. So I never had a taste of Savannah, not full time. So it was in those two years that I got a taste. I went to high school here. I met friends. I, had, I went to a church. And so this is where I, and, and so when I went back to L.A., graduated from high school, and went to college, one of the things that my professor said, he's now my, my I call him my academic um, um, advisor, my theological advisor. His name is John Amstutz. He taught a class on missions. And in teaching his class on missions when I was in college, he said, you pray for a place you love. You pray for a city. And so guess what? I picked Savannah. And so I was praying all those years when I was in college, Lord bless and bring revival to Savannah. Bring revival, they know I was going to be a part of it. Lord bless and bring. So fast forward, now I'm in Charlotte deciding what I'm going to do. Why don't you go to the place you've been praying for? So I pick up the phone, I call Dan's mom, and I say, hey, listen. I feel like, you know, because of circumstances that I just described, other dynamics, I am now at month six on Grace. Hit it to seven. I need to take charge of my life. See, when things don't go your way, take charge of your life and make something happen. Come on, say amen. Come on, amen, right? Take charge of your life. So I called Diane's mama and I said, listen, we're going to come to Savannah and start a church. I feel like that I, I need to take charge of my life. And, and so I know I don't want to evangelize. I'm not pastoring. I'm a teacher dude. I know I want to teach. So why, I might as well just accept pastoring. So I said, I'm going to come and start a church. And she said these amazing words. Oh, no, we've been praying for you. We want you to come take this church with 45 people. And I said, in Jesus' name, we coming. Amen. And I jumped in the water and swam. And here we are today, 3,000, 4,000. God is good. Come on. Amen. God is good. But that's, that's how it happened. Sometimes in your life, God can't say to you, Tempo, listen, let me just tell you what I want you to do because you can't bear it. I could, not, I could not process my calling. I did not see my potential skills. I did not see my load-bearing potentials. I thought it would hurt me. I thought it would damage me in some way. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 said this, though. He said, you know, behold, I'll give you authority to trample on all the serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, nothing, say nothing, come on, nothing. shall by any means hurt you. But it's all according to your faith. If you don't believe it's possible, it can't happen. So you could have got a job in the grocery store in Charlotte and stayed there for the rest of your life grumbling about something I should have done or should have placed I should have been. I could have rebuked Savannah and said, no, I'm not going back to that place. I could, I, I could have said a lot of wrong things and I could have missed God, but I... I had to change my perspective. I call it my load-bearing perspective had to change. You can do more than you think you can do. And God can take you places you never thought, but it's all about you, number one, as we close this, not being rebellious. Because, you see, there are three potential reasons some struggle with change. They'll never change. They'll never get there. It's because, number one, they're rebellious. You just tell God no all the time. Remember, your mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. 
It's natural for you to push against God. Secondly, you, are free, I, you can exercise your free will and say no. Adam did that in Romans 5 and 12. As by one man sin entered the world, he just said no to God. And then sometimes you just allow things in your life that just keep weighing you down. And that's why Hebrews 12 says, lay aside every weight and sin. What is weighing you down? What stops you from getting to places that God wants you to be? My pride could have gotten in the way. A lot of things could have gotten in the way. What's getting in the way with you? What can't God say to you because you can't bear it? You just can't look in the mirror and say, I am killing myself and I need to stop this. I am ignoring the truth about my life. I need to stop this. And you got a view of the world that's so wrong and you're not willing to change it. But if you're willing to change your worldview, you're willing to embrace something new, God can do something new. You come back next week, I'm going to show you what to do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the message in this series we've enjoyed. This whole year, having these courageous conversations. Courageous conversations about change, and next week, a courageous conversation about our view of the world. Our way of thinking may have been good for a season, but maybe it's time to change. Father, we open our hearts to you today and declare in Jesus' name that you are God and that you are able. And you are the one who is called, called to bless us. Called, called, you've called us, Lord, to a place of blessing, rather. And so I, I thank you and I praise you for the difference you make. I thank you and I praise you for the power of your word. I thank you and I praise you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I realize that what I've heard today is something that I needed to hear. And I need God's help in my life. And I want you to pray for me. I can't change myself. I don't have the ability or the know-how. But I want you to help me change. I want you to come into my life in this season of my life and take me to another place. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I need you to pray for me because I have not been serving God, but I want to serve him. I want to start a new walk with God today. You may be a good person. You may be a great person who's done great things, but your walk with God, your relationship with the living God, you've been a bit distant. And you just want to kind of get back on track today or get on track. Maybe you say, I've never been on track, Pastor, but I want to get on track. And I just want you to pray for me. If that's your desire, I want you to simply raise your hand. I see you. I see two. I see three. I see four. Anyone else? Say, pray for me. Pastor, I see. I see you as well. Anybody else? Pray for me. Just put your hand up. Put your hand down. I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Say, pray for me. I see you. Thank you. And you. Thank you. Let's lift our hands together. Father, we lift our hands with all of these. And we acknowledge today that we need you to help us change. We can research, say we want to sacrifice, make the decision. But you said without you, John 15, we can do nothing. So we invite you into our lives. We invite you into our hearts and our minds. As we walk with the Holy Spirit and he guides us and he shows us areas, some that are hard for us to bear at this season. It may take us a while to get to the place we need to be in our thought process, but you love us, and we'll get there. 
It may take a while for the marriage to be healed. It may take a while for me to forgive or let that go. It may take a minute to step back. Sometimes it takes a little financial pressure. Sometimes it's taking whatever. But Lord, we open our hearts to you to first come into our life and be a part of our life. We want a relationship with God, not just a religious experience. We want to, on a day-to-day basis, walk with you. Guide us through your word. Show us how to grow. We thank you for the power that you bring when your word is invited to a life. Jesus came and died so that we might have this opportunity to be forgiven without guilt free and to be blessed and to walk with a sense of hope and faith. And may we leave today with that in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Wherever you've been, my friend.